You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. I'm Walker Mail. You can find me on Twitter at Walker Mail. No Doug, no Nada today, but you can still look them up on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H, at Nada the scribe you can find him on twitter right there with that handle and remember to get this show every day you can subscribe to locked on hornets on the new himalaya podcast app and and every expanding podcast world you need himalaya with their personally curated playlist and new features every day download himalaya at your app store and subscribe to locked on hornets so it was quite the downfall that we had we had started to get a really excited about the charlotte hornets and the possibility of them making the playoffs i still think doug and i held off on the most part of really diving into what we thought, quote-unquote, thought would be a legitimate playoff run. But they did make it interesting. They beat the Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors, improbable half-court shot from Jeremy Lamb. That was on the road after a second night of a back-to-back. And nobody thought they'd be able to do that because of all the veterans that you didn't have playing for this team. Nick Batum was gone. He was somebody that, even though a lot of people can't stand watching him play, you would think with Nick Batum and Cody Zeller being off of this basketball team, no Tony Parker because he's probably resting for the rest of the season with not a whole lot of real reason to play him. All three of those guys being out and they still beat Toronto, it was impressive. And then you beat San Antonio at home. We were feeling good. At least they had brought a lot of us back in. I wasn't ready to go in all the way, but certainly there was a lot of people that felt there was a legitimate shot again. Hell, our own Nada. Nada, who is dark on everything. He was brought back into the playoff race. And sure enough, this weekend, it completely wiped you out. Rubbed your face in it. If you felt like this was going to be a team that could contend for a playoff spot again, an awful weekend, just about as bad as you possibly could get for the Hornets and their playoff chances. First, they play the Lakers on Friday. And of course, LeBron James destroys the Charlotte Hornets once again, as he always does. He destroys Kimball Walker. LeBron, his stat line, he goes for 27 points in this game. Nine assists, only a three, only three rebounds, but still nine assists and 27 points. Efficient night from the field, hit four of his seven three-pointers that he took. You did have a really good game from Kentavious Caldwell-Pope as well, giving you 25. But this was a game where the Hornets, I, they were a little bit into it in the fourth quarter, but the Lakers were able to separate themselves. They actually beat the Hornets by four in the fourth quarter. It was the second quarter where the Hornets lost this game. They had the lead at the end of the first, and then they got outscored by 12 points in the second and outscored by four in the fourth quarter. Now against the Lakers, you did have some young guys still performing. Dwayne Bacon was able to continue his hot streak, went three of eight from beyond the arc, eight of 14 overall, so a very efficient night for him, and he gets 20 points. I think that was the third game in a row where he was able to score 20 points for the Charlotte Hornets. Kimba goes for 24, a very fine night. Not great from the three-point line, but it was a fine night from Kimba. Miles Bridges goes 7 of 11 with 17 points. Five assists as well. Did hit three of his four three-point shots. You look at Devontae Graham coming off of the bench. Four assists, only one turnover, 11 points scored for him. Efficient night for him as well. Two of four from beyond the arc. And then even Frank Kaminsky, somebody who has been performing well since the Hornets started to give you a couple wins here and there. You know, Four of six from Frank. But it was Marvin. Marvin actually played well. Like You had offensively guys actually produce a little bit for you. But defensively, they allowed 129 points to the L.A. Lakers, mostly led 
by LeBron, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, and Kyle Kuzma got you 20 points as well. Lance Stevenson coming off of the bench, given 14. Of course, Lance Stevenson does that. And Lance Stevenson, who I believe shot 20% from three-point land his one season in Charlotte, he goes three of five because that's what happens. And the other thing I, I saw on Twitter, I put this out there as well. Everybody saw LeBron James. The load management got picked up again. So he'll be sitting out for the rest of the season after he beat the Charlotte Hornets. And I think that Michael Jordan hate is real, man. I really do. I I remember tweeting it out, seeing that come across my timeline, and thinking, of course, of course this is going to happen after he plays the game against the Charlotte Hornets because that's how it's just happened all season. And you heard Eric and Dell talking about it in the Golden State Warriors game. Now, they were discussing just how all season long the Hornets have gotten a raw deal as far as playing guys who have come back from injury, some stars who have come back from injury playing guys that it just so happened that would be a night where they would not have any load management. Or they play Tobias Harris, who gets a game-winning field goal here at the Spectrum Center and then gets traded the very next day. And now they play LeBron James. Bron Bron makes sure he gets that one game against Michael Jordan and company before he calls it quits for the rest of the season. And I was just saying that because of all the raw deals that the Hornets have gotten in that scenario. But everybody was right to point out that LeBron wanted to beat down MJ one last time. I I absolutely think that. And LeBron did have a quote after the game. LeBron said, yeah, we were wanting to play playoff spoilers. We want them to take the same break as we are. (laughs) And this is the same guy. and, And you can roll your eyes if you think that there's nothing from LeBron James, any kind of malice whatsoever, any kind of competitive spirit that he has in particular, especially with Michael. But this is the same guy with the Miami Heat where we can remember LeBron James in the Spectrum Center, then the Time Warner Cable Arena, going down the lane, fast break, staring at Michael Jordan as he cocks it back and slams it home. That was absolutely meant for Michael Jordan. So yeah, it's there, man. And LeBron plays against the Hornets, and sure enough, they beat him 129-115. to 115. Now, I'm not here absolving the Hornets of any responsibility like LeBron James played. Other teams have beaten a LeBron James Lakers-led team. So you got to go out there and do it if you want to make the playoffs. I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm just simply here to acknowledge that this is real beef between LeBron and Michael. I don't know how much Michael has back at LeBron. I think we all know that Michael considers himself the GOAT and nobody else comes even close to him. And perhaps that's the greatest acknowledgement itself is that Michael actually views LeBron as a threat. He'd laugh at anybody else. But that's there, and LeBron's going to be sitting out the rest of the season. But not before they get that dub over the Hornets. And then we can talk about what happened last night, but I'd rather not. That was just an embarrassing loss. 47-point victory for the Golden State Warriors over the Charlotte Hornets last night. You had to steal one. The Lakers game, it was a must win because you had to take care of that one because you had the Golden State Warriors and the Utah Jazz in back-to-back days on the road for both of them. And you have to factor in the altitude with Utah second night, actually changing time zones here as well. So it's going to be tough, and we can maybe get into a little bit of what we saw from Golden State and the Charlotte Hornets also maybe talk about a little bit of what Kimba Walker can expect as far as his all-NBA chances go. Do they have to make the playoffs in order for him to get there? 
because it looks like the Charlotte Hornets, the door on their playoff chances, it slams shut now. Three games back, we'll get into a little bit more of the NBA standings and Kemba Walker, and some of the young guys also have some sound I want to play for you. So stick around here with us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. <laughs> now here's the funny part i was listening to this to prepping for the show and um my wife walks in and was like what are you yeah listening right to that's a little scary cool. if, if you don't have the context if you no, walk in up. and you start hearing that yeah that's darth vader i didn't have pants on that didn't help <laughs> yeah, either. No, that's... Um, it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Thanks for joining us once again here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Getting into the game I really don't want to get into is just atrocious to watch. I don't know about you guys. I, I did end up just sticking with it for the most part, but I didn't watch the fourth quarter. There's no reason to. It got flat out embarrassing to watch the Charlotte Hornets, and I don't think anybody really expects you to beat the Golden State Warriors. There's not a whole lot of teams that you would expect a victory for when playing Golden State, especially Charlotte, but just to lose the way that you lost. And with a playoff spot on the line and you can't get it any closer than a 47-point deficit, (laughs) and it was really bad. And you could tell even Tim Roy, voice of the Golden State Warriors, even he felt bad about what the Charlotte Hornets were putting up there last night against Golden State. Durant on the bounce pass through traffic to Curry. Takes a dribble in front of the Charlotte bench. Nobody runs at him, and I'm not sure why. He hits another three. Curry with his fifth three. He's hit five or more in eight straight games. That is a Curry career high, and another timeout for the Hornets. It seems like he's just got pity on us. And we played that a lot this morning. And Tim Roy, a lot of pity for the Charlotte Hornets after watching that game. There's Steph Curry. Nobody runs out on him, and I'm not sure why. (laughs) Steph Curry, he would end up with a decent amount of points in this. Steph Curry would end up with 25 points in this game. Not a ton of three-pointers, just from considering what he can do to you. He goes five of eight. You know, Clay Thompson got hot. He went six of nine from beyond the arc. They both had 24 and 25 points in this game. You know, you just look, look all across the board after scoring 137 There was only a couple guys that got 20 for you. Quinn Cook was pretty good off of the bench. 21 points for him. You look at the plus minuses in this game, it got ugly. The winner or the loser, I should say, of the plus minus award happens to be Miles Bridges with a minus 43 on the night. Yikes. Dwayne Bacon got a minus 40. All the starters got destroyed. And it's funny, Billy Hernan Gomez, if you wanted to get your magnifying glass out and try to find the bright spot, Perhaps you'd see some type of ray of sunshine coming from Billy Hernan Gomez, but really his plus minus, it was minus 32. And all of his damage was done from the free throw line. The only other guy to get 20 points in a game this season while hitting four field goals or less was Lou Williams, and he did that against the Atlanta Hawks, I believe, in January. So Billy Hernan Gomez, only four of eight from the field, but goes to the free throw line 15 times, hits 14 of them, and he's able to get 22 for you. I think 18 of that, maybe 17 of that, was in the first half for Billy. 
And so the second half, he didn't really do a whole lot. Malik Monk, we had a sighting from him in this game, but only nine minutes, garbage time minutes from him. So three of six, two of four from beyond the arc. I mean, this game was garbage time into the second quarter almost. They had a lead in the first quarter for a little while, and then Golden State ends up scoring 30 points in every single quarter of action last night. Hornets descended every time. 27 in the first, 22 and 23 in the second and third, and then finished with 18 points in the fourth quarter. Barely able to break 90. Barely. So an embarrassing performance for them. It was a bad weekend. And then as we had maybe a little bit of a bright spot to look at in the Lakers game where you did have all of your young guys play well, except for Malik, who didn't get any run. You know, Devontae, Dwayne Bacon, Miles Bridges, they all played well. How about no starter? No starter getting 10 points in this game. So Kimba goes 4 of 14. Miles goes 4 of 10. Bacon, 3 of 9. You look at Devontae Graham, just 1 of 5. Only a couple of assists. I mean, so not even the young guys performed for you in this game. It was ugly. It got ugly quickly. You did see Nick Batum come back to play for the first time in quite a while. Nick had been sick. Remember, we had talked about him actually losing eight pounds. The last game that he actually played in was that Minnesota game 10 days ago. Or I should say 11 days ago, 10 days prior to this Golden State game. And only 20 minutes of action for him. He had been averaging about 31. So against Philadelphia, he gave you 27 Minnesota gave you 23 minutes. Golden State, 24. So they had gone to the youth movement already. And now they're playing Nick Batum. They just played him 24. I wonder if that goes down again. Because now, even with the Hornets going to the young guys and kind of reviving a playoff potential spot that they could get, you still got to go with the young guys here, acknowledging, look, it's over now. So now we look at the NBA standings. Where the Hornets fall after last week, after this weekend. Hornets now three games back of the eight spot. Miami Heat, they currently hold that spot. Orlando's in the nine spot, and they're just a half game back of Miami. Brooklyn's able to get the win against the Boston Celtics. Detroit gets a win. So it literally could not have gone worse for you if you're a Hornets fan. Detroit, Brooklyn, Miami, Orlando all get dubs. Detroit a half game in front of Brooklyn for the sixth spot. Brooklyn a half game in front of Miami for the seventh spot. And Miami a half game in front of Orlando for the eighth spot. And like I said, you got the Hornets right now three games out of a playoff spot as it stands right now. So let's look at the Hornets schedule. They got the Utah Jazz tonight. That's going to be on the road. Like we said, second night of a back-to-back. You go to New Orleans, which is winnable. A home game against Toronto, on the road against Detroit, on the road against Cleveland, at home against Orlando. So let's say you go 4-2 and two in that stretch. That won't be enough. If you're the Hornets, you're now in a situation that you have to win out. Because we all knew that they had to beat the Lakers and you had to steal one against Golden State and Utah. If you only had one loss in that stretch, that would get you to a postseason berth. But once you lost to the Lakers, that was it. And so now we focus our attention on a lot of different other things like getting the young guys minutes. Exactly what you plan to do if you're Mitch Kupchak and company with Kimba Walker. What your future looks like. Like it was fun to maybe pry that door open just a little bit when everybody thought it was done after the second Miami loss. Like that was fun moment here for us. Four game winning streak. That was cool. 
And you take that, and that's fine. I think I accepted it for what it was. I think some people got reeled in, and that's fine. That's the life of a sports fan, man. I'm not going to hate on you for that. I just felt it was too good to be true with the damage they already had done at the end of the season. But now you have to go undefeated. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it. Especially tonight against Utah. I mean, they don't have the E next to their name. They're not eliminated yet. They're mathematically still in it. But it's going to be tough for them to figure out any kind of way where you have to have the Miami Heat very much struggle. Same with Orlando. And so that last game at the end of the season between Orlando and Charlotte, it's going to come down to see if Steve Clifford can possibly get a win over his former team to get a postseason berth. Because like I said, they're only a half game back of Miami. So they possibly could be getting to the postseason. Steve Clifford going to be a guy that could possibly get to the postseason after he gets axed here from Charlotte. Want to give a quick shout out to the Essex Home Studios from 730 The Game ESPN Charlotte, but also, as we always do, want to give a shout out to the Gittimer.com studios that usually houses the podcast. If you're into sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We'll be back with one more segment after the break. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the guy? they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Rough week for Carolina pretty much all together. North Carolina, they got beat down by the Auburn Tigers. And just unfortunate as hell to see Chuma Okiki go down, man. That was a guy that was rising up the draft boards, was very versatile. It was fun to watch him go up against North Carolina. About the eight and a half minute mark in the second half, he goes down after already giving 20 points for the Tigers and 11 rebounds. So Okiki going down like that, that was unfortunate. But North Carolina, they fall in the Sweet 16. Duke finds luck again in the Sweet 16 after Ahmed Hill short arms it after a brilliantly designed play by Buzz Williams, and it doesn't go. Duke, Zion Williamson even said, as soon as I saw him go free to the basket, I thought, yep, that's it, we're going to overtime. But he short arms it, just T-Rexed it. And eventually he misses, and Duke... After having so much luck at the end of that game against UCF, they're able to go all the way to the Elite Eight, and then Michigan State, they make the play at the end of the game to where Duke actually got knocked out. So Duke gets knocked out, North Carolina gets knocked out, Charlotte gets destroyed. Not a great day in basketball in the state of North Carolina, but at least you get to see former Charlotte Hornet Tony Tony Bennett. He goes to his first Final Four. That was pretty cool to see them shake the monkey off of their back, certainly after losing to UMBC. Just a season ago, Virginia getting to the Final Four, the lone ACC representative. Pretty cool to see at least Tony Bennett. Such a good guy to see them go all the way at least and get that first Final Four appearance under Tony Bennett's belt. So we'll bring it back here to the Hornets real quickly. And I'm just curious on where we stand with the Kemba Walker All-NBA selection team process. And 
We saw Kimba against the Lakers put up a fine stat line, nothing that certainly would have pushed him out of contention. But against the Warriors, he was pretty bad. He scored nine points. Again, you, you saw the stat line there. And then you look at guys like Bradley Beal. Clay Thompson is somebody that Kimba's going to be going up against. And while Clay might not get 40% from beyond the arc this season, Clay really did put up a show against the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, like I said, he scored about 24 points in this game and hit six three pointers. And that was not in very many minutes at all. I mean, Clay only played 27 and was able to get you 24. And so Clay Thompson might be a guy that you have to look at as possibly getting that spot. I think the real question is if you think the Charlotte Hornets have to make the playoffs in order for Kimba to get that all-NBA team selection. And I think that a lot of people probably view it that way. I did talk to Dan Favel last week, and he said that he's probably going to vote for Kimba Walker to get that last guard spot on the third all-NBA team because five spots are already locked up. So everybody's playing for that last spot, and we all know how many good guards there are out there in the NBA. So it could be a guy like Clay Thompson. But like I said, I did talk to Dan Favel of the Bleacher Report. We've had him on the show before. I think he's as thorough. I think he's as thorough as there is a guy out there, man. It's impressive to hear him talk in all facets of the game. But talking with Dan, he said he probably would have Kimba Walker getting that last spot, and he said it would be a race between Kimba and Bradley Beal in his eyes. And he said he'd go with Kimba because all year, you know how much this team depends on him. I don't know if a lot of people are going to agree with that because of the way that the Wizards have had to play. Now, the Charlotte Hornets have a better record, but ever since John Wall went down, Bradley Beal has had to be the guy. You know, they traded Markeith Morris. They traded Kelly Oubre. They don't have John Wall. They traded Otto Porter Jr. And Bradley Beal has been extremely impressive. And you look at the numbers, just mostly they are better than what Kimba has been putting up. And so I think Bradley Beal probably gets it over Kimba. Not that I'd be angry if Kimba got it. I'd be happy as hell. I, mean, that, I guess thinking about it from the Hornets getting him, that would certainly hurt. You're in a weird space where you're kind of pulling against Kimba to get it. So the Hornets, if you want him, the Hornets don't have to allocate all that much money to Kimba. But if he does get it and they still do it, then yeah, it would hurt the team. But you want him just for his sake to get an all NBA team selection. That would be awesome. But I'm saying he's worthy of it. I just think people might think Bradley Beal is more worthy of it. His numbers are better and he's in a similar situation. Now they don't have as good of a record as what the Hornets were able to get this year, but I still think people would probably lean the way of a Bradley Beal and maybe a Clay Thompson too. Klay Thompson got off to a pretty bad shooting slump at the beginning of the season, but since then, I mean, he's been able to get, I think, about 38% from three, which is more than fine. And this is somebody that usually is well above 40, but on the season, well, he is going to get 40. He is at 40.7% on the season. That's incredible, man. I just, <laughs> just looking at that right now with somebody that was not there. I, I was looking at his stats earlier. I was like, well, there's, I mean, maybe a couple weeks ago, I was like, well, he's not going to get it. And sure enough, he's able to get it because he shot 44% in the last 10 games from three. So there you go. Clay Thompson could absolutely get it. Bradley Beal. I just wonder if most people think that Kimba has to make the playoffs, and they're not going to anymore. This weekend took him out of it. You know, all the other teams they were battling against, they won. The Charlotte Hornets lost. And I don't know how you bounce back from that type of deficit, a 47-point deficit. Against the Jazz, again, you, you know all of the stipulations stacked up against the Charlotte Hornets. It's going to be tough. 
and we'll see exactly what the Hornets are able to do. But at least I, I, I'm still in the same space that I've kind of been. It was exciting to watch them play good basketball, but at least I have been going into this with no expectations. So that's not going to change for me. And I don't think it should change for you either. It'll be fun. And the one important thing here is you're going to only have two more home games for Kimba Walker, possibly. I'm going to be in the field. I think all of us are going to be in the fields. Not that it's for sure. There's certainly a chance that he comes back. A pretty decent one that he comes back. I don't know what Mitch Kupchak and company are thinking. There's a decent chance that Kimba comes back. But I think a lot of people are more so leaning towards the point of, you know what? I appreciate everything Kimba's done. There's just not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot that this team can do to change the roster. And I think it might be best for both parties to just go their separate ways. But still, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough breakup, but at least it's going to be a civil one. We'll have to see him play just a couple more games, and then it's the last one against the Magic here is the last regular season game of 2018 and 2019. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app as well as Apple Podcast. Again, Google, Spotify. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. We'll be back. Hopefully, Doug and Nada will be here Friday. Hopefully, Doug will be back with me tomorrow. Thanks again for listening to LOH on the Locked On Podcast Network.